Welcome to the Creative Spark podcast. I'm your host, Dominique Faller, and it is my mission to keep your creative spark alive, no matter how crazy your life gets. This podcast will teach you how to find the space to light your creative spark and fire up your creative side business. You can stay up to date on all the latest episodes by following us on Instagram at Creative Spark Podcast. Today's episode is brought to you by my free calendar space challenge. Head over to creativespark.link forward slash calendar and learn how to steal time, prioritize effectively, and clear space in your calendar for creativity. Now let's dive into today's episode. You are listening to episode 13 of the Creative Spark podcast, and today we're going to talk about skills, but specifically how you can be good enough at something without having to dedicate 10,000 hours to it. Knowledge and expertise are two different things. So skills are abilities we've actively learned. We're not born with skills. We develop them through experiences in life and work. And learning a new skill builds confidence based on our environment and aptitude. And some skills are easier to learn than others. We also learn best when we're engaged, enjoying a process, or perceive a benefit. We might also learn a new skill by observation, experience, or through active learning. By identifying what skills you've already mastered, you can understand the unique composition for your creative superpower. A skill is developed as a result of either accidental or deliberate learning. Our ability to learn new skills is often based on our aptitudes for certain tasks, but with good coaching and applied practice, you can learn skills that you don't have a natural aptitude for. So think of your learned skills as the building blocks of your creative superpower. Every occupation or activity requires us to have certain skills. Understanding where your interests and abilities lie can help you understand why some activities are enjoyable and others are not. The work you're most likely to enjoy is work that makes use of your learned skills, which is why we're going to uncover them now. So in general, skills are grouped into six broad types. Labor skills, life skills, people skills, social skills, soft skills and hard skills. So labor skills generally refer to occupations that are economically productive, such as electricians, chefs, bakers, carpenters, and so on. And these skills can be learned on the job or through trade school and apprenticeships. Life skills are usually learned from experience or mentoring. They tend not to be formally taught. They're a combination of technical and interpersonal skills and involve managing complex daily problems, like how to get the kids to school and get the washing on and get to work yourself. People skills include psychological and social skills and the ability to build relationships with others and understand and moderate our own behaviours and emotions, something I struggle with sometimes. Social skills are more specifically to do with interaction and communication with others, so the ability to understand verbal and non-verbal communication skills, social rules and socialisation. Soft skills are a combination of interpersonal skills as well as our attitudes, emotional intelligence and career attributes. These relate directly to our personality and are harder to measure. Hard skills are quantifiable, measurable, and relate to a specific task or situation. So when you're identifying your skills, it's a good idea to understand the difference between competence and mastery, and it's possible to possess a skill without being a master at it. Unfortunately, most people disregard a skill simply because they're not making money from it or were not formally trained in this area, or if they know someone else who's better at it. This is a mistake, and this type of thinking can keep people stuck for so long when they're thinking about starting a new business or entering a new creative venture. They think that 
you know, it's it's a hobby and they're interested in it, therefore they can't take it seriously. Or I never went to school to learn this thing and so they think that they're not, you know, justified or in a position to push this thing out for human consumption. And the worst thing is if you can compare yourself with somebody who's better than you at this particular thing that you're trying to make money at or publish widely, it can be very sort of daunting that somebody else is like a world expert and, and you'll see this happen in families, you know, when the, the older sibling is much better at a particular thing, the other person always lives in their shadow, when actually they might have a really good set of skills around that thing. But if somebody else is better than you, it keeps you kind of stuck. It takes a lot of work to become a master at something. And so there are people out there who are master penmen or master swordsmen or, you know, all this kind of um, virtuoso guitarists and things. And I often have discussions with my husband around, you know, someone like Wingy Malmsteen, who is, he's a virtuoso guitarist. He's clearly one of the best guitarists in the world. Hundreds of thousands of notes come out of his fingers every minute, every second. The guy is clearly an amazing guitar player. But do I want to sit and listen to him? Probably not. I'd much rather John Mayer or Jason Mraz, somebody who's a competent guitarist or they're a good guitarist in the case of John Mayer, but it's much more about the song and so that emotion and how it makes me feel rather than the, the virtuosity of the person playing the guitar. So, you know, just because you don't play guitar like Wingy Malmsteen, it doesn't mean that you don't have something valid to offer the world from your guitar playing. So let's dig a little deeper into the things that you're good at. So if you want to play along at home, grab a piece of paper and write your top three skills in each of the following six categories. So just a reminder again, those six categories are labor, life, people, social, soft, and hard. And then we'll dig a little deeper into each of those categories now. So labor skills. Think about any occupations that you might have had or formal training or what qualifications have you got or are you working towards a qualification? If you've never studied or worked, what processes have you learned by working alongside somebody or being shown by somebody? But instead of listing your occupations such as chef, Think more about the skills you learned whilst working as a chef, such as efficient food preparation or fast knife skills or great at following recipes or good timing or not burning the food, which is all I can aim for, um, the ability to work under pressure or judging economies of scale or commercial grade hygiene practices and so on. There's lots of skills that somebody would learn as a chef. So don't just write down chef, dig down into the actual skills that you learned on the job. So the second type of skill is a life skill. So think about the complex daily problems you manage every day. So when you're running a household or a family or a business or you're studying or working, there are no doubt skills that you've developed that you might not even realize are skills. But think about what other people always get you to do or what comes easily to you because you see others struggling with it. So instead of listing your activities such as working, think more about the skills you learned whilst going to work every day, such as time management, or balancing your budget, or shopping efficiently, getting the house clean every week whilst working a full-time job, organising your closet, always being prepared, managing to pack healthy lunches, and so on. The third category is people skills. So think about your relationships with others and your own behaviours and emotions. What do people always ask you for help with? So how self-aware are you? Instead of listing your assets, such as great friend, Think more about the skills you learned whilst being a great friend, such as listening skills or the ability to give balanced advice, to see both sides of an argument, maybe conflict resolution, and so on. The fourth category is social skills. Think about your ability to understand verbal and nonverbal clues, social rules and socialisation. 
Are you observant around other people? Can you pick up on what other people are thinking and feeling? So instead of listing your assets such as popular at work, think more about the skills you learned whilst being well-liked, such as interested in other people, entertaining in social settings, good at public speaking, great at motivating people, skilled at giving feedback, and so on. Now, category number five is your soft skills. So think about your attitude and emotional intelligence. It can actually be quite difficult to observe your own personality objectively, but give some thought as to how others might describe you or how you compare to others. So instead of listing out your personality traits, such as positive, think more about the skills you learned whilst cultivating this outlook, such as the ability to see multiple solutions to problems, or self-motivated, or inspiring for others, energised, and so on. Now, the final category is probably the easiest, hard skills. So these are the skills you possess which are quantifiable and measurable. You already know if you can ride a horse, paint a picture, change a tyre, or upholster a couch. We all tend to have a large list of measurable skills that we've acquired over a lifetime. So the trick here is to decide which ones you're best at. By dividing and grouping the skill types, it becomes easier to see just how skillful you really are. You might not be a virtuoso pianist or top athlete, but you most likely have a wide and unique range of practical life skills which can be leveraged in weird and wonderful ways. So now if you've written at least three skills under each of those six categories, you should have a nice healthy list of 18 of the things that you're best at. Now it's time to place them in ranked order. So put the thing at the top that you're best at or that you enjoy most or that you think is the most important of your skills and then place them in rank order from 1 to 18. Take a look at those top 5 or 6 and start to see that a unique combination of those skills makes you a very unique person. They form the foundation of your creative superpower. Just because you're not the world expert in a particular skill, it's the combination of how these skills work together that makes you so unique and so useful. The other thing to think about these skills is how you can teach them to others. So making yourself useful involves looking at the things you're good at, working out whether they're useful to other people, and then starting to structure a framework around how you would teach people these skills or how you would make use of these skills. So this unique combination of your skill sets is what forms the foundation of your creative superpower. So I hope this episode has helped persuade you not to devalue your skills just because you're not a world expert at something. All that matters is that you have enough knowledge to get someone else results. Head to creativesparkpodcast.com forward slash blog forward slash episode 13 and look for the links in the show notes. If you enjoyed today's topic and want to go a little deeper, head over to creativesparkpodcast.com for all the resources mentioned in this episode. Please also head over to iTunes and leave a rating and a review. Remember to subscribe while you're there because it's easy to miss episodes when they pop up every few days. Thank you so much for listening to the Creative Spark Podcast. I'm your host, Dominique Faller, and I will be back again very soon with another Creative Spark to light up your day.